Let's go ahead and get started. So welcome everyone to Grow Your Business in Uncertain Times. This is a five-part series. It's uh, not buildable contents represented by the shift spot. So um, feel free to jump in any and all of these. Uh, we will send recordings out on these events. And if you want to invite any friends, CEOs or business owners, feel free to do that as well. This is what this is targeted for, is for owners of the company, if you will. So a little bit about myself, right, and my bio. I'm not going to read through all the slides, but uh, my, my name is Ken Paskins. I'm your host today. Um, over the past eight years or decade or so, I've been operating as, as what a lot call a, a hired gun. So what does that mean? Operating as a CEO slash COO, and generally I will drop into companies, uh, a lot of the target market that I drop into to assist are companies 50 million below. I would say the sweet spot has really been pre-revenue to 10 million, uh, working with some companies up to 250 million. Worked in a variety of different industries, so you you name it, I've been there. CPA firms, law firms, SaaS, uh, marketing agencies, a lot in that, what I call the chaos industries, and that's my term that I coined if you haven't heard of that. But uh, the chaos industries are companies such as HVAC, landscaping, construction, roofing. You know, these are companies that have high profitability, lots of cash flow, explosive growth but they're continuously running around like uh, chickens with their heads cut off, right? So, um, and and they lack some of the, uh, some of the areas of discipline such as, uh, you know, um, uh, systems and processes and things of that nature. So um, I come from three generations of entrepreneurs, right? And when I grew up, it, a lot of it was boom and bust. So my father was in the restaurant business. He, um, he uh, worked a good uh, 90 hours a week. I never really saw him. And uh, there were often times where, you know, I would go to Vail with the family and money would fall out of the sky. And then three months later, I'd come back and another restaurant would go in and put one of his out of business. And suddenly my mom was trying to borrow some money for the phone bill. So my, my father was always one of those CEOs that are business owners that put all the money on Black 32. So sometimes he won and uh, oftentimes he lost. And experiencing that, I knew that I wanted to go out and learn from professionals, learn from others, and gain that experience prior to doing something on my own. So a couple of statistics that I want to go through, and uh, then we'll jump into things. But um, a little, some people don't know this, but if you look at Forbes, if you look at Chamber, and if you look at Gallup, these are some of the stats that I'm going to pull from. But 98% of all companies out there are 100 employees or less. 89% or 20, 20 employees or fewer. 50% of companies fail or 18% of all companies fail after their first year in business. 50% fail after five years. All right. Business owners, 39% of work in the business, uh, more than 60 hours a week. And if you look at these business owners, uh, most of them, 50% of them are gaining all of their business acumen and experience of working within their own business. So what does that mean? I teach myself how to be a, become a leader. I teach myself about hiring and firing. I teach myself about systems and processes and marketing, right? That adds a great deal of expense and a, and a large amount of mistakes can be made. Let's look at some of the, uh, the uh, educational background, if you will, of the typical CEO or entrepreneur out there. 30% have a, have a high school degree, okay? 31% just have a, an associate degree. 18% um, shockingly to me have a bachelor's degree and the rest have either an MBA or greater. 
So what does this lead to? It leads, it can lead to a lot of mistakes, if you will. And I've I've walked walked into companies where I started to see the same movie over and over again, where we're making decisions without data and facts and information, and that's a lot on gut. We're trying to scale our company by adding bodies, but not understanding, you know, the value of systems and processes. Uh, not understanding how to properly uh, grow and mentor employees to help elevate them to the next level. So I wanted to create a community that would meet business owners wherever they were on their journey in a, in a cost-effective manner and supply them with expertise to help them along that journey. So thus, we created the Chef Spot. Just one small snapshot of this, and this is not going to be a sales presentation whatsoever, but on a monthly basis, we will surround you with experts. So this is an open event. Uh, and like I said, for the people that couldn't join today, they will get this, uh, this recording. But our, our users will, on a monthly basis, be surrounded with experts around either marketing or leadership or those different areas. This month is all about marketing, right? And next month is going to be around HR and human capital. One of the things that is different about the shift spot, unlike other uh, op opportunities or options out there, is we actually have an element of mind, body, and soul as well, because we believe that become the best leader or CEO of a business, that you've got to not only focus on the business ac acumen and discipline, but you've got to have a focus on your mind, body, and soul also. So during this today, uh, we're gonna we're gonna begin to dig into um, you know uh, how 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 to market your business during uncertain times. And I wanted to go ahead and introduce you to my friend and colleague, Ken Murray. Um, Ken is a fractional CMO. Uh, Ken has some amazing background. So Ken has about 25 years of experience as a CMO. He's been operating as a CMO in, in the mid-market space uh, with a company by the name of Chief, Chief Outsiders. So um, Ken is, is a, a, an avid cook, a skier, a biker, just like myself. We have a lot in common, minus the fact that Ken plays a banjo. So uh, one of his claim to fames, if you will, if you ever heard, and I, 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 I know that once we record this, it's going out on social media, so hopefully I don't embarrass myself too much, but he created the little uh, jingle, 1877cash. <laughs> no, no, sorry, that's enough of my humor. <laughs> but uh, he created that little jingle, if you will, that uh, still wears on me today. And, and I think about it every single time I see that commercial. But with all that said, you know, Ken, I want to turn it over to you. But before we jump into that, you know, marketing is a broad concept, right? And, and I'll be honest with you, it's an area that a lot of business owners get confused with, because a lot of times it's difficult to tie it to ROI. And if we bring a bunch of different marketers into a room, you know, we're going to get a bunch of different mar uh, uh, answers. So me can help us just understand what marketing is, please. Yeah. So thanks for the introduction, Ken. It's great to be here. Uh, nice to meet uh, the folks who were on the call. Um, I did also uh, was hoping that you wouldn't sing, Ken, because I was fully prepared to belt out the uh, the opportune, but um, th thankfully I didn't have to. Um, right before we jump into marketing um, and what that is, um, you know, like Ken, uh, I'm a fractional guy. So I work with a company called Chief Outsiders and I've had, you know, great experiences leading marketing teams um, uh, for, for many years. But I'm now 100 percent focused on helping CEOs of middle market, 
um, companies, and typically our sweet spot's not dissimilar. You know, five million to 100 million. There's some pre-revenue. There's some. I recently worked with a billion-dollar company. It, it really just depends. But that five to 100 kind of middle middle market is definitely the sweet spot. And so we're 100% focused. There's about 120 uh, folks like me representing all industries, all verticals. Um, and and we are part, we go in, we become part of the leadership team. Um, and really the focus is to build sustainable growth strategies, right? Typically we have a maybe a six to nine month engagement and then uh, maybe uh, some advisory work after that. Some engagement lasts, some engagements last many years, some some are just projects. So it really just depends on on what the need is. Because of very poor, because of very poor execution, right? Um, and I won't go into the you know gory details of Bud Light, but that's an example. You know, maybe they had a good thought there in terms of trying to be diverse, et cetera, but their execution really was not very good and they're paying a price. But Patagonia's out front here saying, this is really what we stand for. So if you work for us or you're, you're gonna buy a product from us, this is what you get. Um, not bound by convention, do it our way. I love this, right? And I think most, if, if companies did this regularly, customers would love it too. You know, you're not, you're not just gonna be a copycat. You're gonna figure out the best way to do it. Um, and, and that's why it's nice to work there too, because you're gonna, really be challenged by the work. And by the way, when I say, when I talk about employee, it's really important to think of an employer brand as well as a customer brand. We'll be talking about that in a future session, like the, the true importance of brand. And it's not just about your customers, it's also in recruiting sense. How do you architect uh, a brand to attract the best talent? That's called employer brand. This is kind of what, you know, one of the keys for Patagonia. All right, let's get into little m. By the way, any any questions about this or any comments on this sort of values-based approach and as a an example of a part of the big M of marketing? Okay, cool. Let's take a look at little m. All right, little m, tactical implementation of marketing activities to achieve short-term goals, pre-sales, retention, customer service, what have you. Um, some examples, okay, they're gonna do some email marketing campaigns, uh, social media, direct mail, TV, you know, the, the tactics that you that you need, inserts in a, in a flyer, signs, whatever, billboards. These are uh, tactics, they should be driven by data and analytics, right? You should know if I'm gonna invest in this, what's my return and how do I improve it? You know, campaign to campaign, uh, commercial to commercial. You want to optimize specific marketing campaigns so you can get those measurable results, right? Not much more to say here. Can you give examples, more I, examples? I, do, I have some questions on this, yeah. um, Ken, because, you know, you say we should know exactly how to measure it, but a lot of times you, you, you get these loaded, you know, promises from from marketing people who are like you know it's going to hit x audience but how, how do you know if that's how do you really truly know if i invest x i can measure it against x because i think sometimes it's just all over the map in terms of how these things are yeah. actually measured yeah that's a great question winter and i think <clears throat> the statement is anything that you do should be able to be measured right but you have to make sure that you build the right 
tracking capabilities, right? The right through through your response, through your conversion funnel, you be, need to be able to, and this is where both technology and operations come in, right? So marketing is a big concept. Part of it is sort of the technical operational component. And is my marketing structured in, in the little end marketing, right? Is my marketing structured in such a way that I can actually count, right? It's simple, it's math, it's all math. I say, I spend X, I deliver Y, I get Z. If, if you are not structured in such a way, and let's say it's digital marketing, if you're not structured in such a way where I can actually see those interactions and I can see what people have done, I can see visits to the website, I can see entry into a form, let's say, um, I can see response to an email, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's easy to structure, but most people don't structure it. And so there's incredible frustration um, at the management level, at the CEO level, um, when he or she says, so I just spent, you know, 10,000 bucks on this campaign. What do we get? Um, you know, well, we got these customers. How do you know that these customers came from that campaign? Um, and, and typically you don't. So that's, that's where we get into the bigger picture uh, in terms of the execution is you need to be able to measure it. Right. Yeah. And, and we'll get into that in a, in a future session. So we need to hold the marketing person, the marketing team, the marketing CMO that was hired. We need to hold them accountable to very specific ROI. Absolutely. But it's it's also a team approach because if the technology and who's responsible for the technology, it might be the marketing person. It might you might have, you know, a head of IT, you might have an agency. You all have to be in sync. And, and to be in sync, you need to be able to create the structure that allows you to measure. And even more importantly than that is you need to be able to measure the right things, right? That are aligned to the company's KPIs. Yeah. And it um, it, just real quick, and Gary dropped something in there in the chat. It typically obviously does, do, does start with marketing. I think a lot of companies, um, it, it, I'm sure it's going to be a surprise for some of those on this phone or this phone. Look at me showing my age now. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of those on, on, on this Zoom but uh, typically a lot of companies are not measuring and I like to call it cradle to grave, right? Meaning that, hey, if I put a dollar in, what does that spin up, right? Yeah. You know, what does that generate from a pipeline? What is my ASP? How long does it take for things to go through my pipeline? And then what, what are my close rates? And then when does that hit you know, finance? And when do I invoice? And then when does it go to operations to deliver? And then when do I collect that cash and everything? And if you, as you begin to map that out and look at those core KPIs, right? Some of those things can take 180, 250, you know, 360 days. Right. So you got to want to understand that because you got to ob obviously understand the impacts of marketing can have from a cash flow perspective and total revenue perspective. But absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to hit Gary's question here. Um, the question is sometimes or the, the, the point, really, the sometimes results are over a longer term than the specific short term results. The campaign created awareness for the next campaign delivered trust and the third delivered the dollars. The result results aren't always leads, proposals or sales. Absolutely. Spot on, Gary. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you're doing kind of the big end piece, which is the, the strategy, the brand, um, and you de determine how you're going to, you know, you build your strategy and then you start executing, you need to know, you need to get some basics like, well, what is my current brand awareness? If you're doing a brand campaign that you're not necessarily trying to drive, you know, short term sales, 
you need to have the data ahead of time. You need to do those insights to, to say, well, okay, in my target market, I've got 20% brand awareness. And then therefore the hypothesis is if I spend more, I'm gonna generate more brand awareness, right? Which will then subsequently lead to more sales over time. And so those are the types of things that, that you can actually that you can actually do. Pieces of that are big M, right? The big strategy piece. Pieces of those are, are little M, meaning actually tactically measuring, doing the things that are necessary. And by the way, when you ask the question, you know, which is more important? I think I have something like this. Oh no, sorry. Which is more important? They're both important. Okay. We'll get into kind of how it sort of uh, allocates itself across most companies, but big M and little M are both critical. You have to have both. There's no question. All right. I'm going to stick with little M for a second here. Um, all right. So does anybody care to take a guess as to what these folks, who these folks are and what they're doing? I assume making sausage. You got it. They're making sausage. <laughs> you know, we, we use that term quite a bit. Uh, this is the marketing team tactically making sausage, right? There's a recipe, there's a formula, they're following it. I'm more, more concerned that no one's wearing gloves, frankly. Um, so, <laughs> but that's that's what they're doing. This is this is little M. And then you look at kind of the end product. Here you got uh, Johnsonville brats. Um, Johnsonville is about 45 minutes uh, from where I'm sitting in my home. It's it's a wonderful place and they make a wonderful product if you're, you know, not a vegetarian. I can I can almost smell this coming off the grill. And this is a combination kind of a big M and little M, right? It's it's what are the, what does the consumer like? What does the consumer want? What are his or her taste preferences? How do I package this? And then you have the little M of the formula. Okay, we got all that stuff and now we actually have to make the sausage. Um, so anyway. There's, um, so in my experience, there's also referencing KPIs in specific ways. So like leading KPIs, lagging KPIs, as far as those inputs, as far as on the marketing side, like the actual actions, the team, like they're making the sausage, what ingredients they're doing, the following processes to yep. measure they're actually doing it versus the outcome of a sausage is that lagging what's the results is yep. there what's leading to results yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely and and john most most marketing teams don't do that yeah. and most most management teams don't hold the marketing teams accountable for that because they don't really understand marketing and and that's why we're here is to like get people a, a bit more educated and aligned around the notion that um, and this is, you know, the punchline that I'll get to, you know, marketing is a key component of the business strategy. It is not a tactical execution. It's not the outputs. It really is for if, if it's not aligned with the company's KPIs, then you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, it, it, it's as simple as that. And why, why waste time, effort, energy and, and dollars? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great point. So, and by the way, John is a uh, CEO of Logic Spree. So they're a uh, Salesforce consultant firm in Atlanta area. So John has a, a lot of experience around sales and marketing. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah, uh, if main assistants attract the KPIs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so we asked a question a couple minutes ago, you know, which is more important, big M or little M? They're both important. They're both critical without, you can't do one without the other, frankly. Well, people do. 
unfortunately, they do a lot of the little M without the big M. And that's the issue. 90% of the energy is on little M. Um, this is backed up by data. Um, larger companies get this better. I mean, they, they do a better job typically, um, you know, sort of the fortune fund because they've, they've invested a lot of resources, but even they mess it up. Um, here's the critical mistakes most companies make, just sort of some anecdotal examples, right? Somebody says, hey, we need a new logo. Okay, what's wrong with the old logo? <laughs> uh, let's advertise on TikTok. Great. Um, you know, my kids are on TikTok all day long and I'm selling kids products. So therefore I should advertise on TikTok. Maybe. Um, hey, I'd like to see my brand on a billboard. There's lots of right on the highway. There's, you know, tens of thousands of cars traveling it every day. That would be a great opportunity. Um, the issue is, yeah, may, maybe all of these, maybe none of these. But the problem is it doesn't have anything to do with the customer, right? It is simply a random act, typically. Like I want to try something. And there's nothing wrong with trying something as long as that trial is associated with some type of strategy. Um, and that's when we'll, you know, we'll get into next week where we're gonna go really heavy into uh, the, the strategy, what we call the growth gears. But here in this little M area, it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with your customer typically, you know, and even Rin Tin Tin here is, uh, is confused. Like there's no customer connection. So this is a, a little bit of a repeat from a slide we used last week. Um, the def, just a very core definition of what marketing is, right? I'm just going to read the highlighted bits like I did last week, uh, understanding and identifying the needs and wants of a target market. That's what we call insights. Got to have those. Obviously, you have to meet those needs, right? Whether it's product or service experience. Um, it's a dynamic and ongoing process. So it's not sort of set it and forget it. It's iterative and you have to learn and you have to improve. Um, you want to maintain strong relationships. This is the whole retention play, the loyalty play. And then ultimately, driving profitable business growth, getting back to that marketing is a key component of the business strategy. It's not just a marketing strategy. It's part of the business, part and parcel of the business. Um, so many companies look at marketing as doers, right? Order takers. I need this. So they go and do it. Uh, almost every company that I enter into uh, on a fractional basis is structured that way, right? And they're usually taking orders from the CEO or or you know, a, a leader in the company without having that core business strategy connection. Um, and that's, there, there's this huge, huge opportunity. The, the point of the customer being the hero, um, and you know, if you've been around me, you're probably tired, you get tired of me talking about the customer. I mean, it's, I, I'm sorry, um, I, but I'm not gonna apologize. Without the customer, obviously you don't have sales. And the customer is the hero is a phrase um, kind of coined by this, this guy, um, Donald Miller, who has written a book, he's written many books, but uh, one is called Building a Story Brand, highly recommend it. It's really about understanding your customer. Your customer doesn't care about your brand, they, they care about themselves, 
right? So if you build your brand around the needs of the customer, then, and, and you execute well and you have the right strategy, good things, uh, good things will work, good things will happen. All right, let's kind of shift over here. Why isn't my marketing working? Well, um, I mean, that's a question we get at the beginning, actually pre-engagement every time. Like my marketing isn't working. It's cost, my cost for acquisition is too high. Uh, I'm not sure about the skills of my team. Um, you know, can, can you help, can we talk? Sure, we can talk. Let's, let's examine some of the things, let's ask some questions about why isn't the marketing working, All right? The first question is, is how do you know it's not working, right? I assume it's not working. And we get back to that measurement, John, right? How are you measuring the return on investment? Um, and it, they probably are, right? Is your marketing and messaging truly, there's that word again, customer focused? Be introspective, take a look at, it. is it really? Right? Are they tied, or your marketing activities tied to company and sales KPIs? Right? And the sales piece is really, really important. Sales and marketing teams aligned. We frequently find that they are not aligned. And unfortunately, there's more of a kind of a blame game going on. You know, they all get sales along. Sales always but... says it's marketing, marketing always says it's sales. And they, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, sales says, well, marketing isn't delivering us the leads. And marketing says, well, I gave you 100, you know, qualified leads last month. You didn't convert them. <laughs> I, 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 I see it all the time. And there is a fix. There is a fix. It's sales marketing alignment. It totally can happen. But unfortunately, in most companies, um, it's not there. Yeah. Hey, Scott, I wouldn't mind picking your brain. Uh, probably, probably if we have time at the end. Right. And if not offline, but for everybody, Scott Levy on the call, he's the uh, CEO and founder of Results Map. And Result Maps is a software that helps you basically CEOs execute their strategies. I'd be really, really interested in understanding how that ties into helping us execute marketing strategies as well. Uh, maybe either at the end or offline. That would be great. So happy to. Okay. Cool. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that would be awesome, Scott. I'd really be interested in that. Um, next, does your team have the right skills and experience? Your by team, I mean marketing team. And do you do you even have a team? Maybe, maybe you don't. Um, do you outsource marketing to agencies? And if so, how are they measured? Like how are they connected? Do you have the proper insights? We talked about you know the growth gears. Um, do you have a marketing strategy? And then the last piece is sort of that execution. Um, so these are some basic questions that, that I ask, you know, I, I started out my professional life as a newspaper reporter. And so very early on, you know, you learn how to ask questions and how to kind of ask the right, hopefully the right questions. And so when I get a question like this, I'm not just going to answer because I have no idea. I have to ask a whole lot more questions really to get into the details to figure out, does it, does it make sense? Can we get you? We, I'm sure we can get the answer, but it's going to take a little bit of time to understand uh, what's going on in your shop. All right. Are you guilty of random acts of marketing? And this is a concept. This is, is a term, random acts of marketing. I use a lot because I see it a lot. It's basically, you get back to that sort of little M tactical thing. 
Little M is necessary. It's absolutely required. You have to do tactical execution, but it should be somewhat aligned or totally aligned with your strategy. And if it is not, chances are you're randomly trying things, seeing if they stick. You're probably not measuring them. And then you keep doing it, right? Rinse, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, and, and that's why, you know, at the end of the day, the CEO is banging his head on the wall saying, I don't know what I'm getting out of my marketing. I'm not even sure what we're doing. So let's kind of define this random act of marketing. All right, kind of a definition I came up with, uh, a spontaneous or unplanned action to promote the brand or the product. Again, hey, let's advertise on TikTok. Why? You know, uh, a one-off tactic that's not integrated into a broader marketing campaign or strategy. A couple of examples, viral video, sponsoring a local event. Um, and this one is interesting because it may be the right thing to do, right? As a community participant, you know, I want to sponsor this event. It's the right thing. I want to get my name out there, but it, how do I do so? And am I sponsoring the right event? And have I set my expectations appropriately um, versus just saying, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my logo on the banner and then hope that that's going to generate sales, right? Probably, probably won't. The risks. It can just oh. time check since you requested. We're at 1135, just so you know. Okay, okay. cool. Thanks, Ken. I will okay. power through these. The, the risks of random acts of marketing. The biggest one, honestly, is that there's a misalignment. You know, you may you may be sponsoring the wrong event uh, that, that, that really goes against what you stand for. Um, there's no connection with the target audience. And ultimately, it can be a complete waste of resource, right? And nobody wants that. And this, you know, Donald Miller, who I quoted earlier, uh, again, based on his research, he's looked at this concept and, and his estimate is that 90% of marketing effort is wasted on things like this, right? Whether it's the people's time or actually the, the dollars that are used to um, fund the, the tactical issues. All right, I'm gonna walk through quickly how you can eliminate these. So if you're guilty of some of these, how do you approach it, right? Yes, I recognize it. Now I want to make some change. All right. You need to take inventory or your head of marketing, whoever runs marketing, really take inventory. This means being organized uh, of all the marketing tactics. And are they really connected to your brand's mission, vision, and values? Um, if they're not aligned, the, don't stop, right? You need to have awareness. You need to have something going on, but but you kind of, you do need to pivot back to make sure that ultimately what you're doing is connected to your mission, vision, and values. If possible, we talked about this. This seems to be the common theme here. Measure the ROI of your tactic. If you can't see me, I will try to <laughs> try to help you. Uh, you know, architect a, a way, and there, there's there's a way in, in everything that we do to measure. Um, embrace a marketing strategy framework, um, really starting with that customer. And then once that strategy framework is, is underway, again, fueled by the insights, it's not just how I feel, but it's actually based on data, um, adopt a, a test and learn approach so that you're not wasting uh, resources and you're gaining quick wins, right? That This is the, the quickest, fastest way to get rid of randomness in your marketing. 
There's a little quote here from Peter Drucker, the sort of godfather of business management philosophy. Uh, There's nothing so useless as doing efficiently that that which should not be done at all. Um, and, and I think where he's, get, where he's going is, um, you know, I can get direct mail out super quick and I, I, you know, beat up the vendor to get it down to, you know, my cost per piece down to 24 cents. I got a discount on the postage. Yeah, man, I'm totally efficient. Well, it didn't generate any results. So you, 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 you built this great process for nothing. Think about all the energy and effort that and, and resource that's been wasted there. All right. I'm going to shift gears one more time, kind of the last pulling into the home stretch here, um, looking at marketing budgets. Okay. So like I said at the beginning, we, we really try to leave folks with tools that they can use and take back to their shops, hopefully. Um, fairly basic concepts, nothing uh, that should stretch the brain too far, but a lot of companies don't actually take a hard look at how do I calculate what my budget should be. So, and again, feel feel free to ask any questions or, or offer comments. So big picture, marketing budget components, You've got people, programs, and technology, all right? Um, within the people, you know, full-time, part-timers, agencies that we talked about, programs are you're kind of getting into that tactical realm, events, webinars, uh, the digital marketing that you're doing, advertising, and then technology. You know, you have to manage a website. You've got uh, marketing technology stacks, HubSpot, Salesforce, et cetera. You've got data, databases, um, lists that you might purchase, and then, you know, tools to help you with your measurement. Um, we, we leave sales out of this, right? We leave sales commission, sales expenses. They're not part of marketing that should be accounted for separately. And then this is kind of a typical allocation. Um, you know, your programs um, being the, the majority of it, uh, people maybe 25%, technology 10%. Again, this, this is just a generalization. Lots of companies slice it up differently, depending on, you know, what industry they're in and, and how much they're spending. So it's really important as I'm thinking about um, my marketing performance of my marketing budget is to how should I go about architecting the budget, right? How much should I spend? And I think it's really important to think of marketing again as an investment, not a tactic, not sort of a, a play to, um, to, to drive something, but rather this is a necessary component, just like um, anything in my cost of goods sold formula might be, any supply that I might need to build whatever I'm building. This is actually part of that, okay? Doesn't mean you, can, you know, can't flex up or down from this investment, depending on where you are in your um, journey, but have in your brain that this is an investment, okay? Not just an expense. Um, how you put together your plan really depends on how much do I expect to grow? What's my payback period and, and what will leads cost? Um, how do I know if my marketing is working? How many leads do I need to get for that spend? And my current conversion rates have a good return. So we've got a budget aligner tool that I'm gonna walk through. Um, starts with the revenue or sales that you will need uh, in order to hit your plan for, let's say the next year. There's gonna be some inputs or variables. You know, What's my average customer rev revenue? What are my 
conversions through the funnel, which will then back into the number of leads I need, which will back into how much I'm going to be spending per lead, right? Cost per lead provides the marketing budget. Okay, real simple. I mean, honestly, this is simple math um, that everything I've done is a simple in, in a simple Excel calculator, right? If you can figure out your cost to acquire the customer, you can figure out your marketing budget, okay? How do I do this? I look at my marketing budget from last year and my new customers in 2022 times the new customers that I expect in 2023. That's my marketing budget, okay? Really simple. The problem is companies expect to increase growth, but when, you know, something happens, we go through these uncertain times, they cut marketing, right? I mean, we talked about that last weekend, right? Um, and they forget to revisit the formula. And, and when there isn't money there to spend on marketing and you just start doing some small random things, they're upset when things, when, when you don't hit your plan, right? You're not staying the course. So here's a quick case study. Um, this is the kind of the, the budget calculator that we're talking about working from, from the previous page, right? My 2022 revenue was 10 million. I wanna grow 15%, you know, 11.5. Um, my retention rate, okay, this is really important. That one and a half, so 11.5 over 10 million, that's, that's a million and a half growth. But you're gonna need more than a million and a half of new revenue because you're gonna lose some, not everyone's gonna stick around. You've got eight and a half million dollars of recurring revenue on this retention rate. So that means you need a million and a half new top line plus a million and a half to replace the lost attrition revenue. That's 3 million, okay? People lose that in the translation somehow. I'm not sure how, but it happens. Um, and then you look at the average revenue per customer at 50,000, you kind of do the math to see how many do I need. All right, here's where, again, these are just examples, and this is a one sales funnel. This could be, you know, every company's different. Um, but you layer in the conversion rates really to back into the number of leads that your marketing team is responsible for handing either handing over to your sales team or doing whatever you're going to do with it. So my average revenue from the previous slide was 50,000. Here's another really important component. Average number of months on the books, okay? Most customers don't stick around for a full year. Um, again, just depends. But in this case, in this example, use six and a half. So that means I need 111 new accounts to replace the ones that left to, and to account for uh, the, the new growth that I need. Given that 75% are driven from marketing, I need 83 new accounts from marketing. See, my other accounts are gonna come in through friends, family, acquaintances, whatever, uh, but I'm gonna hold marketing accountable to 75% of my new, uh, new accounts. Based on that, when I get a lead, I'm gonna get a 30% win rate. Now, so I'm working backwards through the funnel if you can pick that up, right? So um, 80 divided by 30%, I need, 277 opportunities or deals in my pipeline, okay? 
not everything is going to convert into an opportunity. So I need, you know, 277 divided by 70%, which is 396 SQLs. Then I need working back into um, what I'm going to need from a budget authority need and timeline perspective. That's the old IBM sort of sales model that a lot of companies still use. I'm going to need 659 marketing qualified leads. Okay. Of all the leads that I generate, about 30% are going to fall into that MQL status. So I need, at the end of the day, I need 2,198 leads. Wow. In order to generate 83 new marketing accounts. That, that's quite a bit of fall off, right? Yeah. And that those are the numbers. These are the KPIs that, that we need to make sure we're holding the marketing team accountable to. This is awesome. Like actually being able to see it laid out like this. It's great. Yeah. And, and again, you know, the, the variables are going to be different depending on the, you know, each company and how they, how they actually work through their sales process. Um, but, but this is a good sort of framework or starting point. Now, th this is the last, or this is the last slide of the presentation and, and from my, you know, um, um, sort of counsel today. Um, I want to point out a couple of things here because here we're going to get to what my marketing budget is and how much my cost per lead is. If you remember, our sales, our 2023 sales are 11,500,000, right? So we're going to you know, want to grow 15% from the 10 million that we got last year. This marketing budget is a reflection of this number, right? That's 10%. 10% of revenue, I am saying here today, should be allocated to marketing. Remember, remember that pie chart marketing, you've got technology, you've got people, you've got programs. 10% of company sales should be allocated there. Most companies don't do this. Most companies, 3%, 4%, some companies 2%, some companies 15%. It really de depends, but th this is more aggressive than most companies like to be. And you, you really should only be here if you believe your margin can sustain it. And if your margin can't sustain it, you shouldn't. If you're in, in st startup mode, it may be, it's probably gonna be well above this, right? You know, you're gonna be maybe 50%. If you're just starting out, you need you wanna throw a bunch of stuff into marketing to generate awareness. Um, but I'm talking about a company that's been in business for a few years, has a sustainable customer base, it's profitable. Um, in order to get to that growth um, fulcrum, if you will, that scalable growth curve that goes up and to the right, you really need to invest. Marketing is an investment. Okay, I've said enough there. So again, working into the math, if you've got your total marketing budget of one and a half million dollars, which is 10% of your sales, you divide by the number of leads, overall leads I need, not MQLs, not SQLs, but the overall number, it's gonna cost me $523 per lead, okay? That may be, you know, an ouch moment for the CEO or the CFO. What are you kidding me? We can't spend that much. Well, how much do you want to grow? This is, we're just doing math here, right? This is simple math. They may say, someone may say, I only want to spend 5% of my marketing budget. Okay, great. Let's cut that down to 5%. But please don't cut your cost per lead down per, 
to 5%, uh, or to half of that, which would be what, 261.50, uh, and expect to get the same number of leads. The, this is These are the honest heart-to-heart -heart conversations that have to be had between sales, marketing, finance, and the CEO. The, this has to happen. And, and there, there aren't necessarily a right and a wrong, but you need to be on the same page. Um, and then again, the important thing is, as we've been talking about measurement all the way through, these are some of the KPIs that you look at, that you hold yourself to, that you try to beat. Um, and you do that and you're well on your way to building a sustainable growth engine. So um, I'm gonna stop there on the budget unless anyone has any specific questions. I'll just do a real quick recap. John, did you have something? Uh, I was gonna say, related to this slide and your previous slide where you broke down um, just those core KPIs measure against. Yeah. Uh, would you mind going back to that slide? You have that sure. slide here. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the cost per lead and it being, you know, say relatively high depending on the organization. What you know, organizations can do, they can look at those four one four measurements you have there and then task their team with diving into well, how do we change these rates? Right. Because if you have a conversion rate of only 30% of all your leads becoming marketing qualified, well, what are some things we can do at that, you know, say little end um, standpoint to help increase that rate and decrease cost per lead? You you are preaching to the choir, John. I mean, you're 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 speaking like a true CMO. That's what a a good CMO will do is to say, how do I get this? What what specific things can I do to get basis point increases? Right? We're not looking for. I want to go from thirty to forty percent. I'm looking to go from thirty to thirty one. Right? I'm looking to go from sixty to sixty two or sixty point five. Right, incremental. What are some of the what's what are some of the testing control? Even changing just slight variations that don't cost me much money, I can generate more leads. And and the more you do that at the top of the funnel, man, that just goes right down to the bottom line, right? So you get that thirty to thirty-five. You suddenly changed in in terms of MQLs. You have suddenly and dramatically changed your cost to acquire. So it's a it's a Great, great observation. So, um, Gary, did you have something? Well, you know, I've worked with most of the major software ERP publishers over the years who use similar formula to the last sheet that you had up. And um, for years and years and years, and much to their chagrin, because most partners don't listen to them, they've talked about these things and about the ways to change the numbers, like John was saying was really going back to one of your earlier points of knowing your customer or better targeting for your customers. So if you have an ideal target in a particular industry, then your words can be much more um, in the language of the customer to then change these rates. And that's where a bunch of the publishers have been pushing like the challenger sale concept. I love you know. <laughs> um, which is is on the sales side, but to me, yeah. marketing is the new sales. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That Gary, that's a great the challenger selling and CEB are the Gartner to sales and marketing, and then Gartner bottom. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I think what you're speaking to at, at a high level is you know now we're everyone's doing you know ABM or account based marketing. 
I'm not even sure what it is anymore because everyone thinks they're doing it, but it's the concept, right? Is that I am tailoring my, my messaging and my communications and my approach to the specific audience, right? Versus a broad brush approach. Yep. Um, and that works, if, if executed well, that will work better. And that should drive some of these numbers up. Um, it, may, it may reduce audience in some cases, but, but that's okay. Um, all right, so I know we're uh, we're approaching the end here. Just wanted to recap. You know, we looked at um, the big M versus the little M. Um, both both are critically important, but most companies are missing out on the big M. We've got the customer is the hero concept. We're going to be diving into that more next week. Um, why marketing isn't working? Working random acts of marketing and the five steps to eliminate. And then finally, you know, hopefully, a fairly simple way of looking at your budget and um, having uh, your, your team take a look. And by the way, sort of a shameless plug while we're here and we talked about it, this concept a number of times, growth gears. If anyone's interested, there, so there are two folks, my CEO and principal, Art Saxby and Pete wrote a book. It's called The Growth Gears. We're going to be diving into it next week. Um, but if you would like a copy to, you know, to read, I would encourage reading. Uh, you can also, it looks pretty nice on the bookshelf, but just get in touch with me. I'd be happy to send you a copy in, in advance. So I think Winter, over to you. Yeah, and I'll be sending out his contact information following this. So um, yeah, so what I love today most about the presentation, I mean, I, I took a lot of notes here, but it really goes back to what you talked about in the first session, which was it's, it's, we've got to simplify this. And the problem with marketing is it's so complex. We've, we've really got to bring it down. I can see some things that even the shift spot could do and tighten up. Um, I loved how we had an open dialogue today. That's actually why we created the shift spot was <clears throat> to be able to have this online virtual board and be able to pitch and catch, you know, they say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And so we want to surround um, CEOs and business owners with like-minded people on the same path that may have different issues along the way. So <laughs> we're not going to go over all of this in its entirety, but, um, you know, Ken Murray does not work with the shift spot. He's an expert advisor coach for us. And he, he, and he is an example of the expert coaching that we have in the bottom right-hand corner here. We also do um, executive coaching and live issue resolution events. So to give you an example of a live issue resolution, we had a member he was tight on cash and he was talking about how do I fire um, these people so I can and, and tighten up my budget during this rough time that I'm in. And we all kind of came up with a solution to not help him get rid and shrink down, but to go bigger and create more revenue. And it actually worked. He created three three different programs within his company. Um, he was he was running a functional medicine business and uh, he had a he had an influx of cash. So that's something that would happen on our live issue event. So. Um, what we do at the shift spot, we, we do a gap analysis to help you uncover your biggest problems and figure out the what of what isn't working in your business. That's a huge value add because we've learned that people are like, there's something wrong in this business. We just don't know what it is. And then from there, we give you coaching around that, right? So that's where the executive coaching live issue and the expert events. So um, we are going to continue to open our doors and give CEOs and business owners the entire month of May a sneak peek of what we do. We're doing this to help business owners. We're all really uncertain in this time, and we want to help business owners. We're doing this on our dime. Ken Murray's doing this on his time, and we're trying to you know, let people see a little bit. This is a small, this event is a small aspect of what we do here. 
But um, next slide, Ken Murray. Um, next week, I'm really excited about next week because Ken Murray is going to be going over the growth gears. And so with that said, I'm going to turn it back to the Kins, the handsome Kins, which actually, if oh. you look up Ken in uh, Wikipedia, it means handsome. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fortunately, they both are, right, Scott? I mean, <laughs> Scott complimented me on my hair yesterday, so. <laughs> so if anybody has any questions, you can go to the next slide. If you want to invite somebody to the event, the link um, at the shiftspot.com grow event, you know, anybody that's a business owner, it doesn't matter. I will also shameless plug Ken Murray um, here and say that he's looking at you know, million dollar marketing budget, but he, he can work with any budget. It, it doesn't have to be this huge budget, right? So in terms of marketing, if you guys have questions or anything, you can feel free to reach out to him as well. Yeah. And and, and Scott, actually, if you got it, but I, I would love to hear how, how you've worked with marketing teams and your software and your business and tie that into the vision and help CEOs actually achieve their vision. If you wouldn't mind, you know, just articulating that a little bit, please. I, I can do it for one minute because I have to jump on another okay. call. Okay, all right, go. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, if you look at what gets you the results from marketing, it's it's the right activities, as Ken pointed out, as other Ken pointed out, um, the consistency of it, iterating so you find the right results. Um, and that is execution, right? So having... Um, even a weekly format where you're coming together and saying, here are the here are the the KPIs we're trying to move, the needles we're trying to move. Here are the goals we've set for those. How are we tracking on those? And then what did we get done last week? What did we learn? What didn't go well? What are the issues that have come up? And just driving week after week after week, as long as you're staying tethered to your to a real strategy, to a cohesive strategy. And adapting that as more information comes in um, or adapting the actions you take, you can you can execute on anything, right? But if you're not doing that, you're gonna fall victim to random acts of marketing and random yeah. acts of work. Yeah. Right. I I think all those things are spot on. So so to me it's it, it's applying the um the discipline to just stay focused with it keep checking back on this. Don't make it something that you look at four times a year, but something that you're looking at together every week and that everyone's aligning to every day. Yep. That's awesome. my short. And I, I'm sorry, I do have to jump. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate you. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, if there's any questions, I'll be sending out follow-up communication and we'll take it from there. Thanks for coming today. Thanks all. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. Thanks.